We're just sitting around, we're in the back room and we're sitting around the table and Drake just, just walks in the room and goes, can I use the private bathroom? Which, which, <laughs> oh I, my which God. I was, so I didn't even see him. Like, yeah. And we had to be like, oh, sorry, our friend's in there using it. So. Oh my God. You just Drake missed him. Bathroom. <laughs> I, I was so upset. That was, when that I, was a fun one. That was that's that, pretty cool. I was like, you're joking. You just missed him. Oh, damn it. But you use the same toilet as him. Close he didn't enough. use the toilet, but a friend of mine went and used the urinal next to him. Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. That hilarious clip you just heard was Lexi Christensen and Sterling Beaumont. Lexi is a model, soon to be realtor, and incredible baker. Seriously, you have to check out some of her cake decorating videos. And her boyfriend, Sterling, is a professional actor and producer in LA. You may recognize him from TV shows such as Lost, Law and Order, Bones, CSI, and Scrubs, and that's just to name a few. Their love story is absolutely adorable, and it's really interesting interesting hearing both of their perspectives about the entertainment industry. Sterling has grown up in LA and is used to being the limelight because it's all he's ever really known. And Lexi, on the other hand, is originally from Vancouver, Canada, so she's more recently coming back and forth um, to LA. And in this episode, we talk about how they met on Instagram, the constant rejection and physical expectations of being in the model industry for Lexi, what it's really like to be a working actor and producer in LA, hint, if it's too easy, you're not doing it right. If the entertainment industry is actually embracing diversity and vice they have for those in a long distance relationship. This was a really fun and lighthearted episode, so I hope you enjoy. I'm here with Alexi Christensen and Sterling Beaumont. I'm really excited to be chatting with them today, and I've known Lexi for a really long time. We danced together in high school, and we actually spent an entire summer together as roommates for a ballet intensive in LA when we were like 14. And now we both aren't really dancing anymore, but I thought it'd be fun to catch up with her, learn more about what her and her boyfriend Sterling are up to and what it's like to be in the entertainment industry, as well as navigating a long distance relationship. So how about we start with Lexi and you kind of had a more non-traditional path where you decided to go into the modeling industry. So how did you get scouted and signed with an agency? Hi, so pretty much from a really young age I knew I wanted to model um being super tall and lanky and like awkward looking that's just kind of like a natural response I think um I got scouted first when I was like 13 um my mom thought I was too young so we waited a little bit and then uh, my best friend at the time who we also danced with Gabby her older brother was with um, an agency in Vancouver that my mom deemed to be like the best agency in Vancouver, which I agree. Um, so he took me in one day because he was like, oh, I think they'd like you a lot. And so, yeah, I met with them and signed with them. And I've been with them now since I was 15. Okay, nice. And yeah. I think a lot of people expect modeling to be kind of very glamorous. So what has the journey been like for you so far? And I know you even traveled to Hong Kong for modeling. So what has it been like for you? Not going to lie, it can be very glamorous. I'm really fortunate to be in the industry that I'm in. Um, It is very looks and vanity driven. So it it can get a little bit vain at times because it really is all just about like looking good and stuff. But on the flip side, it can be a pretty toxic industry as well if you kind of like take the wrong path with it 
Um, yeah. So when I went to Hong Kong, that definitely wouldn't be the more glamorous side of it. Like living in a model apartment is something that I don't think anyone expects it to be like how it is. Um, my second time going, I was living in a studio apartment with three other girls. It's like bunk beds are normal and those kind of situations. I was in a bunk bed there for three months, but honestly, it's, that's just kind of what it, what it takes to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to be glamorous. And I totally accept that because it's something I'm willing to put up with for the sake of my love for the, for the work. Yeah. <laughs> so Sterling, what about you? So I know you were act you've been acting since you've been um a young kid. So how did you kind of get into the industry? I've been really fortunate that um acting has always been a goal in my of, of mine. You know, it's something that I've always known I wanted to do, which, you know, a lot of, you know, young adults are still, you know, even at my age, 25 or just out of college, are still Try, even with a degree, still trying to figure out what it is that they want to do with their life. So I've been really fortunate that that's always been there for me uh, and something that I've had the access and ability to do. I was always an uh, entertainer. From the time I was a little kid, I was always, you know, trying to be the center of attention with my family and everything from a remote to a phone was a microphone. And, it, you know, it was always, you know, about entertaining and about being, having fun and, and being that light you know, that a lot of people enjoy, you know, watching. So that's really how it started. But then it was, it was all my mom really navigating how to get started in it. You know, I couldn't even tell you what she did because I was a toddler. Um, And I've truly never not done this. So it's never been, it's never been a question of doing this or not. It's been, this is it my whole life. So I'm really fortunate for that. And to answer the question directly, I, I couldn't because I don't know how exactly it all started. But, you know, I'm still doing it. And I'm, you know, now figuring out uh, the next stage of my career. I've been producing a lot the past couple years and taking the control into my own hands is, is how I describe that. You know, it's not glamorous being an actor, even though everyone thinks it is you're you're waiting hand and foot on someone else's decision about your life and they can tell you two minutes before and you gotta yeah, just go for sure so being a child actor you probably had a very different childhood than Lexi and I had so did you ever growing up want to do anything else did you ever want to go to university or it was kind of just this is all you knew so you continued with that there was a point in time when I wanted to go to SC film school um but and I mean this with the most respect to everyone who's gone to film school or gone to regular school, I realized I was getting just as good of an education on set and actually doing it rather than being taught about that. Um, I'm working right now to this day with graduates of SC and, and they bring to the table things that I don't know because of their education. But at the same time, the knowledge that I have from having done this my whole life and been on as many sets as I've been on, I, you know, know things that they can't teach in school. So because I've gone through some trials and tribulations that, you know, don't come up until you're there. So there's a big difference between learning how to do it and doing it. Um, so there was, there was at one point like, Oh, SC film school, like the greats go there, blah, blah. But then getting down to, okay, well, how do I get in there? That much money? I could buy a house. <laughs> so I, you know, chose to 
to not go to school because I felt that it was ultimately not in my best interest. Yeah, totally. I understand that. So how did you guys meet? I'm curious to know the story there. Instagram. Instagram. Oh, who's yeah. sliding whose DMs? Well, okay. So I was down in LA. I think it was like my first or second time down, like after we bought the house. Um, I was out in Malibu, took a photo, posted it on Instagram. Um, and tagged I, the Malibu location. Okay. I don't know. I still think this is a little sus, but, um, so then he says he was exploring the Malibu location, saw me and was like, Oh, she's cute. Um, why is that sus? I don't know. Jake thinks it's a little sus. How? Oh, it's it's cute. Like, it's cute. He's like, when she, he's like mm, sounds like he was trolling for any cute girl. He <laughs> Anyways, I don't, it doesn't matter. I think it's fact of the matter is I found (laughs) this cute girl. Fact Mm -hmm. of the matter is he liked a couple of photos and I was like, he's cute. Honestly, I thought I recognized him because I was like, I I swear to God, I've seen this guy somewhere before and I know Mm -hmm. like thought he was cute. And then, yeah, so I liked a couple photos back, you know, the game Um, followed him (laughs) and followed me back. And then he slid into the DMs. Um, Yeah. So that was, um, July 1st and then we met on the 3rd of July was this last year last year yeah last year 2019 um and then I went home and then we just kept talking how was it it meeting for the first time in person oh I was so nervous I'm so I'm such an I'm such an awkward person you know this (laughs) I like honestly I like I had made I've made myself a drink before (laughs) I had no expectation I when I slid in the dms I was like it was very casual and if anything Mm -hmm. I was going to be like oh hey a group of us are going here whatever Mm -hmm. but she was like let's hang out like one-on-one and I was like (laughs) okay okay (laughs) (laughs) you were Yeah. yeah I'll never forget that did you guys hit it off like right from the start or did it take a few dates to like right get to each other? definitely hit it off right away. But to me, she was a fantasy. Like she was, she didn't live here. She's a friend mm-hmm. of Vancouver. Like, you know, it was okay. Well, this could be, you know, a fun friend to get to know and whatnot. And then as the months progressed and as we kept talking and opening up more and more to each other and getting, you know, deeper into, a, you know, a relationship of sorts, mm-hmm. uh, by the time, you know, end of October last year, it was pretty much like, oh, okay, so this girl is someone who I need to yeah. mm-hmm. keep it, in my life in a real way. It was it was right around. I had come down a couple times since we met again. I didn't tell him it was to see him, but, like, it was to see him. Um, I was like, I'm going to see friends. No. <laughs> God, no. Um, and so I was looking at my phone. It was around our, um, last year at this time. I arrived yesterday. And like, it was like that trip that I was like, okay, this guy's this not real. playing. I'm not playing. But what made it really real is before we were even still officially together, somehow I had this inkling feeling that like it was, you know, someone who she was someone who I wanted to, you know, have a real relationship with. And I took a big swing and invited her to my family's Thanksgiving, which in the States, obviously end of, end of November. Right. So when she said yes to that, I was taken aback for one and two, it like that made me see just on that trip. I never invited a girl to my family Thanksgiving ever to mm-hmm. family, anything ever. 
And the fact that she came and how that trip went, it was, you know, the perfect start to, you know, our relationship. Oh, that's really cute. Did the distance ever like come as a, as a problem from the beginning? Cause obviously Lexi's from Canada. So how did you guys navigate that? Honestly, it, I, not at no point was I like, Oh, distance, that might be a problem. I don't want to do this cause distance. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like, I've never really had a, had a problem with that in my mind. I think it's from being like overseas a couple times and like experiencing like being away from literally everyone you know that I'm like oh it's really not that bad distance at all but I mean COVID that was not ideal that was like six and a half months that we were not together so I'm very very grateful for the time that we're getting to spend together now I mean for me the start of the relationship it wasn't a problem because by that point it already been so many months of not really being interested in a relationship because of the distance that by the time I got to that point, she, who she was and to me and who she is, is like far outweighed anything that distance, you know, any uh, obstacle that distance put in our way. Mm -hmm. So do you guys, do you have future plans of like moving to LA eventually for the industry or like, what do you, what do you plan on doing there, Lexi? Yeah, so I, for a while now, I've been trying to get my U.S. work visa for modeling. It's not an easy task, but I'm working on it. Um, I've been wanting to do that since, like, way before I met him. So, I mean, that plan is still in motion, and I'm hoping that I can do that soon, Mm -hmm. hopefully. But, yeah, I'm, like, doing everything I can, really, to, like make my case better, like get a better file. So the one it gets put in front of this. Any brands watching, hire her. <laughs> listening. <laughs> or listening, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was going to ask, how has it been working for both you guys since COVID? Um, and like with modeling, you probably have to social distance and like, are, are, are you still producing? So what are you guys doing for work right now? Well, I um, actually have done a couple of shoots since being back. It is all very like cautious and careful. Um, with the first shoot that I did back, it ended up on a cover of a magazine. So that was my first cover. So that was like super dope. I'm like, wow, what a great comeback from COVID. I love it. Um, I was going to get it. Um, um, but yeah, no, I. Oh my gosh, dude, you look beautiful. Wow. I, it's so, it's so softened. I look like an angel. You look like ethnic. You look like a little bit like. Indian or something okay okay so I don't know what it is but like it, my face is like very eclectic eclectic yeah so it's yes. like whatever kind of it depends on the makeup artist I swear to god like totally sometimes totally I get photos that. back and I'm like I look Japanese yeah when like, you were I remember shooting when you were in Hong Kong I was like oh my god you look more Asian than I do <laughs> like some photos right <laughs> oh my god no like legit it's so it's so funny but I'm like okay well I mean like that's kind of cool like this is good for me, <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh my God, what was I saying? Uh, working in COVID. Working in COVID. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been kind of slow, but I, at the beginning when everything started to like go back to normal, I feel like I was doing more um, creatives than anything because everyone that's just been like sitting and doing nothing over COVID is like, Oh my God, I have this idea for a shoot, this idea, this idea, this idea. Hmm. So it was like a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's everything's definitely more cautious now. I know that's crazy um, for for you, Sterling. Um, COVID sucks because it's mm-hmm. created a lot of obstacles. But 
that being said, COVID actually has created massive opportunity for myself as a producer. It's, you know, especially at the start, it, it created such a liability factor for major companies and studios that the cost of production was too immense for them to bear that burden. So it actually opened up an opportunity for indie producers like myself to assume that liability and take on that risk and get something made on a much smaller scale. Um, Especially when having grown up in the industry, this, uh, this opportunity wouldn't have happened if I didn't have the close direct personal relationships with talent that I do have. So I was able to produce my first feature because of COVID, about COVID, set during COVID. Well, not about COVID. Uh, It's a mystery. It's about a group of friends that go on a Zoom birthday party because everyone was doing those, obviously, in April. And our birthday girl goes missing. And because of the circumstances that COVID created, it had, had the opportunity to have big talent, that was available to work because they weren't working on anything else and to create something on, as I said, on a small scale that was true to the time. So if you're, if you've ever heard of the genre of screen life movies, which take place over how we're talking right now on zoom or Skype or whatever they are, uh, they are movies that are not shot in a typical cinematic way. They take place on a computer screen. Um, like unfriended or searching. Yes. So this film is in that vein and we shot the whole thing on GoPros and it never would have happened the way it happened with the level of talent that we had if it wasn't for COVID. You know, we shot the whole thing for 50 grand to make a movie for 50 grand. I don't think (laughs) it's very easy. It's not easy even, even during COVID but even harder um, if COVID hadn't happened because getting talent to work for scale, it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. Um, That sounds like a really, really cool movie. When is that coming out? To be decided. We're in the middle of an edit right now, and that's going to take us um, to finding, you know, our right sales agent and and distribution platforms and and really going through the gamut of finding exactly how it's going to go out into the world and working with different producers and production companies to make that happen and studios to make that happen. Right now we have plans to have an edit done by the start of November. Um, and then that starts the whole process of selling our film. I just wanted to pop in and to thank this week's sponsor. Still is a female-run and founded company that launched in 2015 to empower women to be their best organized selves. They offer organizational products to inspire all women to take charge of their busy days and buzzing social lives to make room for little moments that are just for them. I really enjoy their Get Done Planner, and it's perfect for women with busy schedules. And it's great for goal setting and daily productivity. And if you're like me, where you like to be organized and you just like to write things down. It's really practical and compact and has everything that you need. So check them out at stillclassics.com. So you guys met on social media and a lot of people right now with, doesn't matter if you're acting, producing, modeling, a lot of people are getting popularity. So 
How much do you think like for booking roles, is it based on your looks, who you know, or like the amount of followers you have? Does that come into effect um, when booking roles for both of you guys? All of those things are different factors that, you know, is project by project basis. Um, Who you know is always, you know, I think the number one thing that can help you. Fortunately, I think it's been pretty proven now that followers doesn't translate directly to viewership. I also think that there, that again, it's back to project by project basis. I think that there are plenty of projects that, you know, are more in the rom-com or, or fun, cheeky space that they could go to an influencer, if you will. Whereas a project who wants to be taken, that wants to be taken seriously, won't care about that. They want the best actor for the job. So yes and no. And each of those things, I forget the last one that you said, but each of those things is a different factor that is weighed into who's going to be the right person for the job. Yeah, I'd say... I think for modeling, it's a little different. It, it, is, <laughs> it, it is a little different, but also quite similar because it's like, I don't want to say there's no... Like, there's definitely talent involved, but it's different, like, acting on screen and doing a whole movie versus doing, like, a photo shoot or something. They're definitely, like, all, like, the bigger brands are definitely picking people who have a recognizable face or, like, their followers will, like, buy the product just because they're on it. Like, I have this conversation with my mom all the time, actually, about how magazines aren't models anymore on the cover it's celebrities or like a lot of actresses and like influencers now um so a lot of that kind of stuff is now going to influencers and celebrities but I mean that's not really the level that I'm on anyways Mm -hmm. so as I as I progress and work up that will change hopefully but um for now, I'm just kind of not really at that level. However, I do think that as I progress my social media, which I'm like, I'm doing a lot more now. Like I actually joined TikTok, which is crazy. I saw I your TikTok. So my God. You're like yeah. viral almost. Oh my God. It's, it's, I'm honestly having so much fun. I was so hesitant to join. So I was like, ew, I don't want to be on TikTok. And then I like your baking is cool. It's niche. It's like, you're so talented. I don't, you should, if you're not modeling, you should like open up your own bakery or something. Have you thought about that? (laughs) So honestly, it's like from a young age, this is so weird. What little kid is like obsessed with Martha Stewart, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've always been like in awe of Martha Stewart. She's just so like wifey and I love her. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't know. It's like, I've always kind of wanted to be like Martha Stewart without the jail but you know like Martha Stewart so that's kind of like the TikTok and like me making YouTube baking videos is kind of like the first step into that um because also I think it is really important right now to like not just be like a pretty person on Instagram but to like actually like show your personality and show like you can do stuff so I'm like you know what like I may as well just like let it all out on the Totally, internet. totally. Yeah. That's Why what they not? want now for big models too. Like I have a lot of yeah. friends who are pretty big in the modeling industry as well. And they're, you know, they're big proponents of the fact that they don't just want to hire a pretty face anymore. They want to they see the personality. Want, yeah. They want someone who has something that sets them apart. You know, they want, like my friend Will, you know, has done a lot of big campaigns and he goes, bro, when I started booking was when 
I was working as an actor because they were hiring me as both. They were hiring me as my personality is me and everything that I am. And to just be a pretty face isn't enough anymore. Right. So I, you know, that's why I've been so supportive of her really leaning into all the baking stuff and, and really, you know, going, you know, going for the whole Martha Stewart thing is I think that she Mm -hmm. can pull it off. And if anything, you know, it creates another avenue, but I also think it'll help the avenue that she's already going down. One will, one hand will wash the other and, you know, help raise the bar for, for each. Totally. Yes. And there, and there must be a lot of competition in both of your industries. So I know you've mentioned it a bit, but how do you try to stand out? And also you must face a lot of rejection. So how do you deal with that personal rejection constantly? Well, for me, honestly, it's just, I've, I've got a really thick skin. I think it's from dancing my whole life. (laughs) Like you can relate for sure. It's like, when I'm talking to the other people like that I'm in the modeling industry with, it's like, they'll be talking about like, Oh, like that was so hard. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you don't it take doesn't it personally. Really, I don't really take it personally. Like there's a lot that I take personally, but like not getting a job or like someone telling me like I'm too big. I don't, I don't care. That's it's good. like, it's a very at a surface level. It is quite superficial of an industry. So I'm like, I just don't, I don't take it personally. I don't, it's like, I know mm-hmm. my, I know my worth and just because one person doesn't see me working for one specific thing I'm like I don't care. Do you see the industry starting to get a little bit more inclusive of like different body sizes different races and stuff because I think originally it was like you need to be a certain size and body type do you think that's changing? Um I see a lot of talk that it's changing but have I seen a lot of change? Not really. I think I have on the big campaigns, but that's just an outsider's perspective. I, I mean, um, but to me, I, sorry, to me, I'm not sure if that's just people actually changing or people being like, Hey, look at what we did. Are you happy we did this? Oh, I see. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know. I hope that on like, it goes beyond surface level and it really does change because only time will tell. Only time will tell. Exactly. Cause right now it, it, you know, on the surface, it does seem to look like there is a step in that direction. Yeah. Um, especially in my industry. I mean, it is, you know, uh, a time of inclusion and a time of, you know, really pushing to have as much diversity and as, and include as many people and as many different walks of life and, and ethnicities and disabilities and all, you know, all the different people in our world to be included uh, and represented on screen. To your point about rejection, mm-hmm. I mean, nonstop. Uh, you're, you know, you're going to get a hundred to 200 to a thousand no's for every yes. And that's, a, you know, as an actor, and if you let that affect you, then you're not going to have the confidence to go in and do it again and put your heart out there and put yourself out there to possibly actually get it because you're not going to, if you then become closed off or have, you know, a chip on your shoulder, everyone's going to be able to recognize that. And they're not, they're not going to hire you again. As a producer, I say to my partners and to everyone I'm working with all the time, if we're not getting, we're not hearing more no's than yeses, we're not doing our job right. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's just a matter of, sifting through the sand and finding the diamonds in the rough and finding the right people for, for what it is that you need to do. And that will always happen. 
because you're you're looking for something so specific every time and that's the other point of it it's so arbitrary and especially being on the other side of it now i really see how arbitrary it is because it, it there are so many opinions and so many factors and so many different things in play that if you were to take it personally i mean i don't want to say it's it's you know stupid but it's you know you 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 can't you can't you can't t- you, if if you take it personally you're 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 cl- you're looking in a closed-minded way of of looking at it. It's a closed-minded way of looking at it because there there are just so many factors mm-hmm. that sure. yeah you you just can't you just can't yeah. or you won't or you won't survive. <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely applies to so many other industries, not just like the entertainment industry as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things that are out of your control um, that you like these factors you can't control, so you'll you just have to go with the flow. So obviously you guys are both in the acting and modeling industry. So you must've met some pretty cool people. So do you guys have any interesting or funny stories um, maybe together that you've met some cool people or anything funny? I have a pretty tight knit group of friends. They're all really fucking cool. Um, <laughs> they are. Um, and they're all, yeah. you know, really successful in their own right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of like new, you know, Oh, we saw this person. I don't think so, but I'm fortunate that I do have a really close group of friends that, you know, all are, you know, very open and, mm-hmm. you know, real with one another. It's, it's very, very easy. I think for the general public to lose sight of the fact that, you know, it's really cliche to say, but that we're all human and that we're all just people at the end of the day. Do you find so, it hard to um, originally, I guess, make friends in LA or is that kind of just a stereotype? I mean, being from here, no, like I, and having worked my whole life, no, I, mm-hmm. I think that I sifted through a lot of people, you know, found the ones that are real and the ones that aren't mm-hmm. and seen so many people come and go and get chewed up by this town that like, you know, the strong have survived. And that is our, you know, I call it our graduating class. And those are the people that, you know, we all know we can rely and count on one another. So no, (laughs) but I think it's just because of the unique, very fortunate position that I've been in my whole life. Lexi, I'm sure has a different perspective on making friends in LA. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. I mean, I have a hard time making friends anywhere just because of who I am. That's, That's not true. Not see how that is not true. Is. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's because I, I've heard a lot of people. All of my friends that, consider her a friend. Let's just put it that way. It's I just I've heard a lot of people after I get to know them that they're like, oh, my God, when I first met you, I thought you were a total bitch. Just because I'm like, I'm shy. I stand in the corner and I just say, mm-hmm. look I don't know, some type of way. And they're like, oh, totally thought you were just standing there judging. I'm like, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I was, if anything, I was judging myself because I was like, why are you being such a shy weirdo? Yeah, no, honestly, I am really lucky that he's as social as he is. And I mean, mm-hmm. I've surrounded myself with like super social people my whole life because it's just like the shy one clings to the talking totally one. yeah um, so yeah I've, I've become friends with all these friends really they're all amazing it's really That's cool awesome. but yeah no it's it's the kind of stuff that like doesn't phase him that totally what does gets my you? fangirl going like when we're like seeing celebrities or whatnot um, yeah, yeah like when I when we saw like Sasha Baron Cohen I was like oh my god 
Yeah, but he has not an office it's... down the hall from me, so it's not like that. <laughs> no, no, it's like, it's like I saw him and I was like, my jaw dropped and I was like, I need to call my brother and tell him. Like, That's really cool. <laughs> or like, just like little things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, that was so-and-so. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, okay. Well, I have an office on a studio lot and it's like the last place in the world where you can go up and ask someone for a picture. Cause like, yeah. So, so it's like, so it's like anytime that happens, I have to like hide it so well and pretend that I'm like completely unfazed. And I'm like, you don't oh have God. to no, like, <laughs> I don't embarrass you. So yeah. Yeah. I get that. Oh, I'll um, tell you one that was fun for us. Yes. One of the, like earlier on when we were, you know, before we were officially together, we were out at Delilah with, with my friends and um, Delilah is like a, a pretty hot, hot spot. Well, pre COVID hot spot in LA. Okay. And we're just sitting around, we're in the back room and we're sitting around the table and Drake just, just walks in the room and goes, can I use the private bathroom? Which, which, <laughs> oh my which God. I so I didn't even see him. Yeah, and we had to be like, oh, sorry, our friend's in there using it. So, Oh, my God, you just missed him. Bathroom. I, I was so upset. That was, I, that was I, a fun one. That was, that's pretty that, cool. I was like, you're joking. You just missed him. Oh, damn it. But you used the same toilet as him. Close he didn't enough. use the toilet, but a friend of mine went and used the urinal next to him in the, in the public bathroom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Life would be made after that. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I just have a last question. Um, do you guys have any advice for people navigating um, a long distance relationship? Because I know a lot of people out there with COVID, it's pretty hard. So what, do you, what advice do you guys have? Um, just, I'd say just one day at a time. If it's worth it, it's worth it. And you'll know that because if, if this is the person that you want to be with, then like long distance shouldn't even phase you. If you doubt things, don't don't do it. But if you're if you're not if you if you know that that no matter like it has to be a no matter what sort of situation for long distance. Like if you're questioning things, it's not going to work. But if you know that no matter what obstacle is put in front of you, like did did we have any idea when I left last in February, left Vancouver last in February, that that would be the last time we were able to see each other for six and a half months. No, there are three, four trips for each of us that we had planned that didn't happen through that time. That if we weren't as confident as we were before COVID was ever even a thought, we never would have lasted through it. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of like, you know, another blessing that COVID had is, is true, like as, as tough as it was and as hard as it is to not know when you're next going to be able to see your person Mm -hmm. to know that no matter how long that is, you're going to stick it out is I think that says it all. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me. It was so great to hear you guys about your personal stories and how you guys met together. You guys are so cute. um, And I can't wait to share this episode. Thank you for having us. It's so much fun. And that was Lexi and Sterling. I actually really enjoy interviewing couples. Maybe I should do a segment like this in the future, but it was really fun. And I hope you enjoy. And if you liked it, please subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and follow me at Well Now What Podcast. And I'll see you next week.